My name is Duran Hendricks, and you are listening to Tribute First, a limited podcast series interviewing some of the top financial dominatrixes, or findoms, of Twitter to learn more about the community built around dominance and submission relationships and the exchange of money as the ultimate representation of power. Today I am talking to Siren, at NymphoSiren on Twitter. Uh, how are you doing today, Siren? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, no problem at all. Thank you for coming on. Um, so that kind of to... no problem. Oh, great. Uh, so kind of just to start off, uh, how long have you been a, a Findom and what brought you into the community? Um, so I was actually thinking about this before I came on. Um, it all kind of started by accident. Um, my friend had actually tagged me in this article about um, financial domination, um, probably when I was like 19 or 20. So this was a few years ago. And she basically tagged me in it and was like, oh my gosh, you'd be so good at this. And I replied and was like, oh, dream job. Like <laughs> I didn't really think that it would ever be a possibility. Um, and then someone actually reached out to me from that comment um, who was a submissive and he was basically like, hey, is this actually something that you'd be interested in pursuing with me? And I was like, oh I was like hold on is this a scam like what is the deal like I didn't realize that it would be an actual thing um and then so I kind of explored that with him <clears throat> and he I don't know he kind of like taught me about it and all of that and that went on for I'm gonna say like year and a half maybe two years where it was just us interacting I didn't have like a platform or anything like that we were just speaking um and then it got to the point that he had to stop um whether or not that's true um but basically he was getting married and having a baby so he suggested I tried out Twitter and so I kind of went from there and just like explored my options a little bit and then did you get your start on Twitter uh, in, in January of 2021? No. So I've actually, I've had a couple of accounts now. Um, the first time I actually tried quitting, but lasted like a few months and came back. Um, and then I lost my other account. So yeah, it's been a bit of a hassle with that. But I joined up the first time in like November 2019. And yeah, so yeah. So yeah, has, has Twitter kind of been the main issue? Like, is that why you've kind of lost one of your previous accounts was from, from Twitter's uh, uh, um, actions or something else? Yeah, so I basically got locked out of my previous account due to suspicious activity. Unsure what that suspicious activity was, but... Um, I tried following it up and they said I didn't even have an email address linked to my account anymore, which is weird because I signed up with that account. So, yeah, that's still out there somewhere, but <laughs> can't get it back. And then since your friend uh, left the, you know, kind of tagged you under that news article uh, where you found mm -hmm. your first uh, uh, submissive, um, would yeah. you say that you're kind of dominant in your personal life outside of, of sex work? 
Uh, yes, I think in my like personality and stuff like that. Um, and I've always been someone who's like very open about sex as well. So I think that's why she tagged me in it to begin with. Um, Cause she was like, oh, you know, this would be her cup of tea. Um, it was a joke, but you know, ended up <laughs> being real. So. And then yeah. did, did she ever know that you've kind of gone into this as a, a line of work? Yeah, I tell her, she's like, that's so fucking weird, dude. Yeah, she's quite like vanilla and stuff. Nothing mm -hmm. wrong with that, obviously. But um, yeah, she's like, what have I kind of created? <laughs> so how open are you uh, in real life to your your uh, line of work? Um, oh, so I do kind of pick and choose who I would be like divulging that information too um but in terms of like family and friends like they would all know oh minus like my dad my mom's like let's just not tell dad about that and I'm like yeah fair enough she's like I don't think he'd like that like yeah fair so um yeah but other than that like I'm not ashamed of it or anything if anything it's like a fun little conversation starter and you know I'm not one for small talk so I love anything that kind of like gets people a little bit uncomfy <laughs> so yeah do you think that approach kind of extends to the way that you interact with submissives who approach you um well I think just in general the whole kind of world of kink is like it is taboo it is uncomfortable in a way like that's kind of the exciting aspect of it so I feel like I don't have to really do anything it just is that in its nature okay and so what is kind of the conversation like when you're communicating with a sub who who wishes to approach you and uh, potentially sub and send for you um so I guess I am a little bit of a chameleon in my ways so I kind of I kind of suss out what their thing is and I can kind of adapt to that um so I'll usually have a little look at their page and stuff and um kind of work around that in a way sounds really you know manipulative but that's exactly what my kind of thing is I guess so yeah. And so how did you kind of settle on this idea of being a siren, you know, to kind of quote, I, I maybe paraphrase uh, your Twitter bio as it currently is. It's it's about kind of luring men into their own demise and you're manipulative yeah. and ca uh, captivating. <laughs> how did you kind of settle on these being kind of your defining attributes? Um. Well, to be honest, I've always been like I studied a lot of like Greek mythology and stuff at school like ancient classics and all of that kind of stuff um and you know the whole idea of the siren in general like always really interested me um just the idea of like these beautiful creatures just like luring men in with their beautiful voice and you know essentially luring them to their death <laughs> I just thought it was always kind of funny and interesting. Um, I think the idea of that name actually, I picked it 
at the start because I was wanting to go down an ASMR kind of, um, you know, like road with kink. Um, I, that is in the works still, but I thought that that, um, that kind of fit in with the whole idea of a siren, you know, like the voice kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how that came about. Yeah, cool. And so you kind of talked about um, kind of taking on this chameleon approach of, you know, the sub approaches you and then you figure out kind of suss out what they want. What is it that you like to do with subs? What are some of the kinks or scenarios that you enjoy uh, playing with? Yeah, so I think in a way as well, um, kink is interesting in that it, you can be involved in aspects of kink and get kind of pleasure and entertainment from different aspects of it without necessarily being like sexually aroused at all times. You know what I mean? So there are obviously kinks that I prefer more in line of like with what turns me on, you know? So I'm into like home wrecking fantasy um you know foot worship body worship all of that kind of worship stuff like does turn me on although there's a lot of other kinks in that realm of like femdom and stuff that I find really entertaining and it still brings me like joy and all of that kind of stuff so yeah can you talk a little bit more about like the home wrecking fantasy? Yeah, so I think just for me, it's like a power thing, like being like, I am this good that I could literally ruin someone's home. <laughs> kind of fucked up, but yeah, I've always kind of liked that idea. And I guess the idea of like married men and stuff like that's always been something that I've been into like before I started Findom so yeah. Do you think you've successfully you know home wrecked or has it kind of stayed mostly in the fantasy realm? Um, oh, it is really hard to tell because I know that subs that approach me that a kind of into home wrecking and stuff like that it's hard to gauge like what they're kind of like whether they're pretending or not if that makes sense so like I've had a sub say that he ended up divorcing his wife and all of this stuff but I don't think that that was purely because of me you know like there was obviously issues <laughs> so yeah what are some kinks or scenarios or fantasies that you don't want to uh, touch what are kind of your limits um I feel like most people in the community would probably say like similar things in terms of like race play obviously um what else I don't really like the blackmail stuff just because it's like it's just it screams like scammer to me. So I don't really want to get involved in that. Um, 
what else I guess like I mean I'm sure there's other stuff but those are the first kind of two that come to my head so but I don't know there are some pretty like I am pretty open to a lot of things um I'm not really phased by a whole lot so yeah what's kind of something that you wouldn't be phased by that other people might not engage with can you kind of like give an example okay um I know that a lot of people's hard limits are like stuff like scat toilet play that kind of stuff um I actually come from like a nursing background so that stuff is just like (laughs) so not even like it does not phase me whatsoever so I actually think it's kind of funny um yeah so I'm kind of like desensitized to a lot of stuff just because of that. And are you still a nurse or have you kind of moved past that point of your life? Um, so I am a nurse. I haven't worked as one. Um, I finished studying that probably end of 2019. And then I've moved interstate to continue my studies. Um, so, you know, I'll probably go back into that once I finished, but yeah so I'm I'm an American so what does it mean to go into state oh sorry um (laughs) like to change the state that I'm living in um so I moved states oh okay yeah just moved (laughs) and then how does that how does that kind of affect continuing to be a nurse um so because I'm studying at the moment um I'm studying midwifery um which is kind of like you don't have to do that with nursing but I just chose to go down that road um so it's kind of like a continuation of my studies and I haven't been able to work as a nurse because I've just been like too busy with studying essentially oh yeah totally makes sense yeah so does FinDom, t- um, or sorry, let me rephrase that. <laughs> um, so is FinDom and online sex work kind of your main uh, means of income currently? Yeah, big time. And so, then if you're comfortable sharing, how much would you say that you make on average in like a month? Oh God, it's is really, like it changes so much. And because I... I am not as consistent as other doms for sure, just because I've got a lot on my plate. Um, yeah, like I write it down every month and it'll be something different. Like it could be, you know, a couple thousand to like 10,000 a month kind of thing, you know, it's really what you put in it. And then do you just find that like months where you're more active on the timeline, uh, that causes to you causes you rather to have uh, more engagement or is it more based on the subs that you already kind of know and have talked to um so I like if for long-term subs you kind of they're always kind of there anyway so it doesn't matter if I'm active or not to be honest because I can still talk to them but I'm not like necessarily actively posting new content on the timeline and stuff like that um so I do better obviously when I am more active just for like new subs and you know growing my account and stuff like that 
uh, you know, just getting more of that traffic to my page. Um, so, yeah. So how do you kind of uh, be an ally for uh, people of color in the community of online fandom? Um, so luckily for me, I'm in a lot of groups with people of color and they've been like kind enough to just pretty much tell us what they're needing at that time. Um, so yeah, supporting them and their content, obviously, um, and like amplifying their voices when needed. Um, listening is like the big part there, like listening to them and what they're needing. And, you know, a lot of times there are like very uh, vocal, I guess, racist members of the community and stuff. And I feel like everyone's usually pretty good at getting together to like de-platform them and, you know, speak out about it so that, you know, obviously those people aren't successful members of the community anymore. Um, but yeah, basically that's about it. Like I know that if you search, there are a few, um, groups and stuff that where you can like actually donate, um, to certain, like, I think one of them is like Black Dom Society or Sorority, I think it is. Um, and you can like go onto the website and actually donate to them I think it's like a group of black doms so yeah stuff like that just like helping out where you can in that way and also you know it's if mistakes are made and stuff owning up to it and you know taking accountability and you know trying to change that in the future you know what are kind of the, some of the downsides for you of being a sex worker I would say, like, going back to the reasons that I've, like, left the scene before, um, even though it hasn't been for very long, I just feel like it takes up such a huge chunk of your time and energy. Um, Like, my screen time is just disgusting, you know? Like, (laughs) it's... That's the main thing, really, like takes up such emotional and mental energy um just like dealing with I guess men all day like it sounds bad but especially time wasters and stuff like that and I think it's hard because that time it is like a very empowering space to be in but at the same time a lot of kink is like kind of you know has elements of misogyny like it stems from that um and so I find it hard all the time to be like oh this is so empowering and like you know female domination you know all of that stuff when realistically the reason that kink exists is because men think it's hot so you know it's just it's exhausting kind of trying to get male validation all the time because that's essentially what you're doing you're looking for that validation to get money 
so yeah I find that particularly exhausting but you know keep coming back so <laughs> yeah and you kind of talk about that that male validation I think uh, on a previous episode um, um, uh, Princess Azula kind of referred to it as kind of the male gaze so mm-hmm. are, do you are, are you at any way like attracted to men or um, how, how does your sexuality factor into your uh, work? Yeah, so I'm like bi or pan, so I do like men that way. Um, so, you know, I think it is hard sometimes to like uh, separate the work and the pleasure part of it. Um, and that's where it does get tricky, you know, because you can't be too emotionally invested in these men on the internet and you can't take it personally if they you know don't want to interact with you anymore and stuff like that so that's like been a big learning curve for me since I started because I guess it is easy to fall into that trap and like put a lot of your self-worth on how these men behind their computer screens are like perceiving you and it's like, why do I even care? What is it like to date while being a thin dom? Um, so I am in a long-term relationship and I live with my boyfriend. Um, he's like a pretty laid back guy in general. Um, I mean, I think he was a little weirded out about it at first, but he kind of knows what goes on and stuff like that. It's not like you know, it doesn't make him uncomfortable. I can't say that it wouldn't make my next partner uncomfortable or, you know, but for our situation at the moment, he's perfectly comfortable with what I'm doing and, you know, it's something I enjoy. So he just deals with it. (laughs) (laughs) Would you say that like a partner that wasn't supportive of it, would that be kind of a deal breaker for you? Um. Yes, because I don't really like partners feeling like they've got control over me in that way. Like if I want to do something, I mean, not even just partners in general. If someone is outwardly like, I don't want you to do this. I just want to do it like 10 times more. So I think that, yeah, it would be hard for sure. And, you know, I would be questioning why they wouldn't want me to be doing something that's bringing me you know stability and enjoyment yeah totally Mm -hmm. um so being an Australian dom do you find that you have lots of subs that are from Australia or is it kind of more global or like maybe there's more U.S. subs like how does that work for you um I do feel like it kind of it does kind of change um based on I'm not even too sure but um at the moment I would say I've got more international subs than Australian um it is hard because I feel like the Australian fandom community is quite small um so you know there's kind of not enough subs to kind of go around for all of us um and Australian subs will seek out Australian doms. So yeah, I don't know. I feel like 
I'm at a point now where a lot of my mutuals and the groups that I'm in are from people from the US or the UK and stuff. So I am getting in that kind of audience, which I'm perfectly happy with. I don't really care. So, yeah. Does working with mostly international subs, does that kind of create issues with kind of transferring money? Because if I uh, recall correctly, like some of the popular apps like Cash App and maybe Venmo uh, Mm. may not even be available in Australia. So does that kind of complicate um, how subs contribute for you? A little bit, um, just in terms of like, I think like the ease on their end um, more than anything, but I've got like OnlyFans and AVN stars and stuff. So, and like crypto, all of that kind of stuff. So, you know, there's options there. So I don't know. I probably miss out on that easy money aspect because it's not as simple on their end to just create all of these accounts to tribute that way through those paid platform sites. But yeah, at the end of the day, like if they want to send to me, they'll work out a way to do it. So not too concerned about that. Yeah, totally. I mean, it it seems like a great way to kind of weed out the subs that, you know, won't be as committed. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, every little kind of adds up as much as, you know, doms like to be like, ew, I don't want your $10 tribute. Like, if you get a lot of $10 tributes, it adds up. (laughs) I just don't want to talk to you for that much. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So kind of as I'm kind of wrapping up here, uh, I just Mm want to know, is there anything that you would say to someone, whether they're a sub or a dom that wants to get involved in the community, what's kind of some advice that you would give them? Yeah. um, I feel like this is, yeah, this is something that a lot of my friends will ask about because they'll be like, oh, that sounds so good. Can I come in and do that? And I'll be like, I mean, yeah, if you want, but I think, and I always tell them like it is a lot more work than what you think and I think the issue is that I will often downplay how much work goes into it just because I guess of the nature of it it's like you want to make it seem like yeah it's sex work but it's like so easy or you know I do that to try and downplay it but then in doing that a lot of people are like oh well then I couldn't do it and I'm like oh well shit I don't know if you can but so they'll come in and try and do it but um they're like oh fuck this is actually a lot of work and energy so I would say um you'd have to have that extra time to put into it and also I think going into it you need to kind of be strong-willed in that you you have your set of values and what you're comfortable with and you know there's going to be money thrown at you so you need to kind of stick to what you're comfortable with because I think it's really easy to get sucked into 
doing things that you're uncomfortable with because you're presented with a certain sum of money, um, which can then end in, you know, you know, trauma, essentially. Like there's a lot of stuff that I've been kind of, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of things that I, when I first started, kind of got sucked into doing just because, I don't know, the money was there. And then I felt kind of shit about it afterwards. So, yeah, just be true to yourself. And that's all that matters, really. Yeah, totally. And is there anything else that you'd like to cover that you don't think that we've covered yet in the interview? Um, I think that's it. I think, yeah, on, on top of what I was just saying as well, I think it's interesting because I think when I first entered the scene, you know, you've got an idea of what fandom is, but then you don't realise how much... Um, of like aspects of femdom are kind of intertwined with it. And it is funny just how the media or like the internet will like groom you into finding certain things attractive and stuff. Like when I first started, I was like, ew, spit fetish, disgusting. Like that is not my thing. But now I'm like, hmm, am I attracted to this? Like (laughs) it's that like exposure. So yeah it's a slippery slope that's what I would say to people starting out very slippery slope so you've got to be you've got to be aware of that but yeah other than that I think that's it (laughs) all right perfect thank you so much Siren uh for taking the time to talk with me today uh where can people find you online um so twitter is nympho siren n-y-n-p-h-o-s-i r-e-n um and then all of my links and stuff are in my bio so yeah thanks for having me sweet thank you so much for taking the time today to talk with me have a great day you too you've been listening to tribute first if you like what you heard go ahead and rate this podcast five stars or give it a like follow the show on twitter at tribute first pod and remember if you choose to approach any dom interviewed on the program be sure to tribute first